holidays, everyone. Welcome to the 2023 edition of the Christmas Movie Countdown here at Allentown Presents. I'm your host, Katie, and I am joined today by my awesome husband, Otis. Merry Christmas, you melon farmers. And we will be reviewing a Christmas movie every night from today, December 1st, to Christmas. So sit back and enjoy episode number one, Bad Santa. Hell yeah. So it's it's funny. I am never, I've never been the biggest Christmas person. Uh, I love gifts and shit, you know. I guess when I was younger, I was bigger. But boy howdy, there is a small little group of movies that try to make a very terrible person good. And we've watched a lot of them. And it always makes me smile. So I didn't realize that we haven't done Bad Santa. It's always been on the list, but then it just gets quietly slid off to the side so i don't like this movie oh man it's so funny so uh yeah for the uninitiated uh, bad santa it's exactly what it sounds like yeah it's a bad person playing santa uh it's a santa claus and one of his very close elves not real but in the movie and they are robbing malls on Christmas time. That's where the most money comes in. And then it's just the story of one of their newest adventures or heists and how everything comes together and or falls apart. So, Katie, what did you think about Bad Santa? Like I said, I don't really like this movie. There's a reason that we haven't done it. Uh, we're now at year five and I've been avoiding this movie <laughs> for that long because I don't like this movie. And I just think in general, I don't like Billy Bob Thornton. Like, I don't think there's a single movie where I'm like, yeah, that this is great. That guy's a good actor. This is a good movie. Everything that this dude is in, I'm like, that was mediocre as shit and I don't like it. And you can have a different opinion to me and I know a lot of people do. That's fine. But I am not a fan of him. And the same, like, scumbag character that he always seems to play, I don't like it. And this character in Bad Santa is so scummy and awful (laughs) that there's nothing really appealing about this movie. To me, there never has been. And now that it's been 20 years since this movie came out... Jeez, 20 years. This movie's rough. Uh, warning. If you're planning on watching this movie and you've never seen it before, this is... This was made with 20... With 2003 eyes. Okay? Absolutely. So, and 2003... Speech. Yeah. I'll say that. (laughs) There are a lot of things that we do not say anymore as a collective society here in America. We've kind of decided it's inappropriate. And... That's not good. That's not good. (laughs) There was a lot of times where it, during this movie where he would say something and I would just like look over at Otis and we'd both make this like kind of face <laughs> because there's a lot. There's a lot of moments. And um, yeah, it just, just was a lot. I am on the opposite side. I absolutely adore this movie. It's not because of the raunchiness. It's because usually in a Christmas movie... Someone is absolutely terrible, and you get to see their progression to being good. Just like with, uh, what, Eight Crazy Nights with Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler in that movie was ass and a half. 
And then finally, when he got in touch with his feelings and actually cried about his horrible life, he got better. Uh, shit, a Christmas story. We've seen so many terrible people around Christmas finally relax and just be good for once. You know, we've seen billions of Scrooges, the, the best Scrooge with the Muppets around him. Finally, all it took was him getting his life threatened by ghosts. And he finally realized... Maybe I shouldn't be a piece of shit so much. And this is the same thing that happens in this movie. Billy Bob Thornton's character, it takes a lot. It takes so much. But he finally softens up and realizes that doing things for people can make you feel good. You know, he's all about robbing people and beating people up and drinking and having sex. But maybe if you do something, you'll feel better. <laughs> but the problem is his transition is so minuscule. Yeah. It, the, like, it's to the point of, oh, that's as much as we're going to get. Yeah, <laughs> in a lot of holiday movies, the character starts out, they're kind of bad. They're, yeah. they're never totally awful. They're kind of bad. And then they switch that kind of bad, kind of cranky dude that they are, or person that they are, and they get in the, quote, Christmas spirit and become not a douche. Not, you know, they give someone a gift or... They fall in love, or whatever the fuck the thing is, right? In this movie, Bad Santa goes from being the absolute scummiest person you've ever seen on film in your life to a very, very slightly less scummy person that you've ever seen in your life. Like, (laughs) the change is so minuscule that it doesn't work for me. As, As far as Christmas movies go, like... I don't know, if you were trying to show off that someone changes, you need to have something like, in Elf, the dad, he was a garbage for most of the movie. Yeah. And then at the very end, he finally starts singing about Santa, and he gets the Christmas spirit, and then there, you know, he becomes friends with Buddy, and accepts Buddy as his kid, and all this different yeah, stuff, and it's, it's like, in movies where the focus of the Christmas movie is this bad character who, like, gets a little better with time, like... There isn't enough growth yeah. for him. And he doesn't change until the very, very end. And yeah. in this movie, it feels like it should have been a more gradual change. Um, just because of the things that are happening as the story goes on. And yeah. it just doesn't work for me. There was a spot maybe five minutes before you what you're saying where he was like, no, nah, I'm good. I don't have sex or drink. Yeah, and I was like, oh, but, okay. Yeah, but yeah, it but was yes, not that's, enough. That's the moment, though. But it, it sh- but it should have happened much earlier than that. As oh, soon absolutely. As, as soon as the kid starts, you know, ticking away at his little the shell around his heart, like it should have started to become evident, and it wasn't evident until fucking like Christmas Eve or whatever when he yeah. finally was like, oh yeah. Yeah, there were small little things because like the advent calendar. There were little things he did, but it wasn't enough, I think. Yeah, and, and that happened on Christmas Eve. Like, it took all the way to the end yeah. for him to be like, oh, yeah, it's great. And it wasn't like, oh, how do I explain it? Wasn't gradual enough? It, yeah, it wasn't gradual enough. And the like I said, the change wasn't big enough. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Uh, the I'll just kind of move forward a little, but the reception was big. Uh, at this point, there weren't a lot of crazy... There were raunchy movies because, I mean, this is in the 2000s where every college film was just crazy and dicks and, you know, boobs everywhere. But this one was so 
different. And people were like, that was crazy. And it was awesome. I remember one movie, uh, Bad Teacher. I don't know if you ever saw that one with Cameron Diaz. Where she is like the yeah. worst fucking teacher. It was good. I liked it. Because towards the end, she was like, I want this class to actually get good grades. And I was like, that's awesome. I That makes me happy inside. <laughs> so another th- special thing about this movie, it is the final movie or final thing that one John Ritter did before he passed away September 11th, 2003. Um, If you don't know anything about John Ritter, that is a shame. That man is absolutely hilarious. In this movie, he is a tight-laced manager of a mall, and it's funny. He's really good at... Because he's repeating the bad things that Billy Bob Thornton's character says, and it's funny just to hear him say really gross things. It's hilarious. Uh, I miss John Ritter. He was a very funny guy. His children... um, uh, what was it Tyler is or Jason? One uh, of them. One of them does comedy. John. Well, he's John. Oh yeah, it's J- probably Jason. Jason. Yeah, one of his kids. They're really funny and they pop up in a lot of things. Yeah, so. he was in um. Oh, what was that movie or that show? Black Lightning? No. The the little kid with superpowers. He was in that show. Oh really? Yeah yeah yeah. Holy yeah. shit, that's cool. And he was also in Parenthood with Lauren Graham. <laughs> that's fucking cool. Yeah. yeah, he was like her boyfriend for a minute, I think. Yeah. He was somebody's boyfriend in that show, I can't remember. <laughs> One, Tony Cox. So, back in the day, if you ever needed a tiny person in a movie, you called either... Warwick Davis. Tony Cox, or... Actually, I think the guy that played R2-D2, he was a smaller guy. I don't think he did a lot of different things. I can't remember that one's that guy's name. I don't remember his name either, but in the 2000s, it would have been Vern Troyer. Yes, and or Vern Troyer. So, uh, J- Tony Cox was in Willow, Willow, back in the day, and he was Ewok in Return of the Jedi. And he was the preacher in Beetlejuice. So he was the one trying to get Lydia married to good old Beetlejuice. He is absolutely awesome. In this movie, uh, just the relationship between Marcus, his character, and Willie is probably one of the best things. Spoilers. This movie. So, Brett Kelly, he plays the child in this movie. He is was in Trick or Treat. He was the bully that ate a lot of poison chocolate and threw up his guts on the steps. And then the dad, the principal, <laughs> buried him in the backyard. We got Lauren Graham from Gilmore Girls. Mm-hmm. I will follow. Uh, and Parenthood. Lauren Tom. Now, I heard her voice and I was like, that sounds like a familiar voice. She was the voice of Connie and Min from King of the Hill. So the neighbors. And she was number three. Number. Number three in Kids Next Door. She played a lot of characters. She was the girlfriend in Batman Beyond. And she voiced Amy in Futurama. So if you need an Asian voice, you probably go into Lauren Tom. She seems to do it a lot. Bernie Mac is in this bad boy. I love Bernie Mac, and I wish there were more movies with him in it, just being a curmudgeon, because he's really funny at it. Now, this guy's name, I'm going to mess it up, Katie. AJ Naidu? Uh, Naidu, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Katie saw him and was like, holy shit, that's the guy from Office Space. And I was like, ain't that a bitch? (laughs) Samir Nanahina Najar. Alex Borstein, so the voice of Lois Griffin. Oh, Peter. Uh, tons. Brian Collin, he was from Mad TV, and he plays the coach in the Goldbergs. Mm-hmm. 
His brother is Goldberg, <laughs> the wrestler. Octavia Spencer's in this movie for five minutes. Not even five minutes, two minutes. Talking about how her butt hurts. Uh, there are tons of people. Cloris Leachman, not even a big role, technically, though she's in a lot of scenes, but she's just in the back making sandwiches. This movie is a mess. So I I would I give it a thumbs up. It is foul. It is misogynistic. It is honestly anti-Christmas. The main character hates Christmas. It's kind of a, a Grinch angle to this movie. But boy howdy, when the main idea, when the end hits, and you're like, fuck, okay, I get it. I, I understand now. It's like, that was really cool. It This movie gives you, hopefully, some type of feels, because you see this curmudgeon try to be better. It takes him a long time to get better, but... He tries. So, uh, we'll get through this story real quick. Uh, this movie runs for 92 minutes, and you can find it on... What do we watch this on? Uh, Paramount? Paramount Plus, I think. Yeah. yeah, I think it was Paramount Plus. The subtitles were not good. They weren't. They but moved. that's not Paramount Plus's fault. That, yeah. that was whoever made the subtitles. Yeah, I don't know what's up with subtitles, but it's like, after like 20 minutes, they get like three seconds ahead. And I'm like, bro, I, you know, sometimes I read them, but I just like them there. But I'm like, this is fucking me up. <laughs> so, I, like I said, I give it a shot. The way the movie talks in speech and stuff, yeah, it's it's a bit rough. It's a bit rough. But there were some scenes, there's one scene at a boxing ring. Uh, it's probably one of the best scenes in this movie. And Katie, she needed to see a scene again. She had to reverse it. It was absolutely wild. But it was funny as hell, and I am going to hell for laughing at it, but that's fine. Yeah, it was fucking great. <laughs> so, we'll get through this bad boy real quick. So, Willie, Billy Bob Thornton's character, and his assistant, not even assistant, his boss, really, Marcus, they are professional thieves. And like I said, what their job is, Willie is the store, the mall Santa Claus, and Marcus is an elf. And then what they do on the last night or whenever they think the money's good and they need to leave, Marcus hides in the mall, turns off the alarm, and Willie comes in and breaks into the safe and steals all of the money. And while Marcus is looking for a specific list of clothing and items for his wife, Lois, <laughs> and she's the getaway driver, and they just scuttle off. Even from the beginning of this movie, Willie is not professional. He likes drinking. He pissed himself at the beginning of this movie. It's not the first or last time. Actually, actually it's not the last time he will piss himself in this movie. He is very much in a not-give-a-fuck like attitude. And it's crazy because Marcus is like, dude, please don't get fired. Uh, his ongoing excuse for Willie being just a terrible person is his low blood sugar. And I thought that was very funny that that was like the thing he says so after the take they both get i want to say a hundred thousand dollars something like that it wasn't a super big mall but i mean one well a couple of days of work being spit on and yelled at by kids to get a hundred thousand in one night i think that's worth it i think that's pretty worth it <laughs> so marcus tells willie that hey um i know you're like happy with this money you're probably gonna go just drink all this money up and on hookers and and just alcohol i don't think there's any drugs involved but uh, please you really need to get your shit together buddy because next year 
I might not call you because I can find someone that can break into safes. And Willie's like, you're going to call me because I'm the best. And Willie actually leaves for Miami. And he scoots off. And he's like, I'm going to buy a bar with big titty serve, uh, uh, like servants. And I'm going to be happy. I'm going to drink every day. We see Willie in Miami. Uh, but he does not own a bar. He's just snuck into a bar. And he's drinking alcohol. And he gets beat up. <laughs> and he runs off. Uh, Willie's life is not that fun. So, he gets a call from Marcus. They got another job. Meet him in Phoenix. So, even from the beginning, uh, the manager, Bob, is John Ritter. He is very upset with how Willie talks and acts and how he does things. Marcus keeps saying, this is blood sugar. Just it, It's alright. It's just his blood sugar. And he brings up with the security chief, Jen. So, it's... Bernie Mac's character. Bernie Mac's character is there to figure out the bad things and make sure they don't do bad things. Uh, there was, I read Katie, there was an ongoing, like, in the background, like, subplot of him being very, um, constipated. Cause that's why he was eating the oranges and he had, he was actually drinking. Oh, Bernie Mac? Yeah, he was drinking, like, laxative stuff. Oh, but they don't ever talk about no, it. No, it's just, just a back thing they were like in one of the commentators like yeah he was just really constipated we thought that'd just be a funny thing and people would be like oh he's constipated because he's chewing on like oranges and shit <laughs> that's what you do if you're constipated i was like that's a weird thing i saw it i was like why is he that's so goofy so at the mall kind of doing his job willie is visited by a very well, he's not super duper fat he's visited by a child a very gullible and a bit dim-witted boy that really thinks he's Santa. He, he pulls at his beard and he's like, you're not Santa. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm Santa. He's like, but your beard. He's like, I got real sick. <laughs> I got to wear this beard because my hair fell out. And he's like, oh, okay, Santa. And it it's sad because uh, Willie is mean to him. He's a very shitty person. But um, he get, he answers almost all of his questions. And this little boy is just throwing all the questions at Willie. And Willie's just systematically getting more and more pissed off. Because he doesn't want to talk to his kid more than five seconds. But, uh, yeah, we see that the kid... Uh, there's a reason I was saying his name. Because you learn it later in the movie. He's just the boy. But uh, the boy is getting bullied by these skateboarders. There's like six kids. And they just like laugh. And they give him wedgies and beat him up. Because that's the fun thing to do. Uh, just be a bully. Just live your life, guys. So, later on, Willie meets Sue, a bartender, at a bar, and she is just giving him free shots, and he finds out later that she's got a fetish for Santa Clauses, because she grew up in a house where they didn't believe in Santa Claus, so it's a, it was a forbidden thing. They do way too many fucking shots. Yeah. They'd be dead. And so, they have themselves some type of a relationship. Um, after having sex and Sue's like, don't get rid of that suit. And she leaves, uh, Willie's jumped by this, like, just, uh, uh, Indian guy that was at the bar looking at him really mad. And he, the guy's trying to put his hand, his fingers up his butt, I guess. He was like, I'm not gay. And he's like, okay, okay, bud. I don't know who the fuck you are. And he was trying to like touch his butt. And so Willie's like, help me. <laughs> and yeah, I'm not gay, but I know you're gay. I'm just like, okay. like what? <laughs> And then the boy comes up and saves Willie. Yeah. As much as a little kid can do. Well, he tackles the guy to the ground. Yeah. (laughs) 
So Willie gives the boy a ride home because he's some type of nice, you know. And Willie is like, hey, who lives here with you? He's like, oh, just me and my grandma. He's like, yeah, just your grandma? And Willie instantly puts a balaclava over his face because he's going to rob this place. And he goes around and Willie finds out that the dad is out exploring the mountains. That's what the boy says. And his mom is dead. So Willie, like, robs the safe and gets the money and takes the dad's BMW and drives the fuck off. That's it. Just scoots off. (laughs) And the kid's like, bye, Santa. See you later. And he's like, whatever. (laughs) He just leaves. So Bob, the manager, hears Willie having sex with a large woman in the women's dressing room. And so... Bernie Mac's character, Jen, starts investigating because this is kind of weird. And he's, this Santa is not a good Santa. So Willie freaks out a little bit because he sees that his motel room is being searched by probably the cops. And so he's like, well, can't stay there anymore. I got an idea. And he moves in with the boy and his crazy grandma. So uh, Marcus is very confused of why Willie is, like, with this kid and he realizes he's just taking advantage of the kid and he's like you need to get your shit together man like don't do anything bad to this kid in his home he's like "Ah, i'm good i'm good so jen starts looking into willie and finds out that he's he is oh no he looks at the license plate of the car that willie is in and realizes that it is under another name, Roger. And then Jen finds out that Roger is in prison. And he's like, uh, do you have any people staying at your home? He's like, oh, it should just be my my mother and um, my son. Please oh. tell me everything is okay with my son. Yeah. He's like, you have a good night. And just leaves. So Jen's starting to realize that something's happening and Willie is not a good person. So... We see that Jen pops up and tells Willie and Marcus that, hey, I understand what your plan is. Uh, it's not hard. I just searched into your past. And you guys get a lot of jobs at malls. Malls that get robbed around Christmas time. So I don't know what you're doing, but I want a cut of your take. And Marcus is like, okay, I guess. And he's like, I want half. And Marcus is like, 30%? He's like, half. 35? <laughs> and he goes all the way up to 49%. And he, Willie's like, one point ain't gonna do nothing, bud. <laughs> so, Jen is getting half of their money before they even split it up. Marcus is, he's already pissed at Willie's situation. But now, he's gotta deal with, with this other guy trying to... Actually, Jen doesn't want to mess up anything. He's like, go off and do your job. I just want half of this, or I'm gonna squeal. So... Willie and Marcus, their like relationship even gets worse. You, you couldn't, I, you wouldn't think it get worse from here, but Willie shows up to work drunk and starts just breaking the Santa like attraction. He's like punching like the the reindeer and shit. He's losing it, and so we see that Jen tells Marcus to pick up Willie and get him out of here. He's like, "How the fuck am I supposed to do that?" And he's like. Oh, oh, you you tiny people just want all these hands out. He's like, motherfucker, this is physics. How am I supposed to pick up this big ass man? I am three foot tall. And he's like, Ugh. <laughs> he picks Willie up and drags him off. 
Uh, I Marcus says some of the funniest shit in this movie, and he takes no shit from people, and it's awesome. So, while this is happening, we see that Willie and the boy are starting to become more and more friends. Willie gets drunk every night, and he has to put up with all the questions from this kid, but he's starting to soften up. Uh, he helps the kid with a cut on his hand. Um, the kid doesn't explain where he got the cut. He has this nasty gash on his hand. He's like, kid, what the fuck? He's like, are you good, dude? <laughs> and the kid's just like, ow! And just running around the home. Unfortunately for the child, he has an advent calendar. So for the uninitiated, it's a calendar that explains either Bible stories or... No, it doesn't have to. It doesn't have to have any type... It, no, yeah. it doesn't have to have any type of story. An advent calendar is literally a countdown calendar. Okay. So if you pick... We're doing an advent calendar to Christmas, right? So today is December 1st. We're going to have 25 spaces. And every day you're going to take out one, like the one that's labeled December 1st. You're yeah. going to take that out. And usually it has, it's, a lot of them are like candy. Like in this movie, it's candy. Um, but you can make them out of anything. I've seen people on YouTube um, make them like whole ass gift bags for their Jeez, for cool. their family or their partners or whoever. Like, okay, today's day one, you get this gift bag. You get the sec- number two gift bag tomorrow. Okay, and Number three, cool. whatever. It's just a countdown. And the closer you get to the end, you know, you're heading towards Christmas, which okay. is the big day. Sweet. So, um... <laughs> The, the kid has been working on his advent calendar for a while, and Willie comes in drunk one night and just rips up the advent calendar and eats all of the chocolate out of it. I remember Katie saw this moment and was like, oh, come on. <laughs> and this was like, I think well, it was this like is... like the worst part. Yeah. Because he's like, he had already started to kind of crumble towards liking the kid and being friends with the kid, and then he just does this in like... A drunken stupor and it's like dude no don't you fucked it up it's bad but it's one of my favorite parts because the music is like silent night but all the players of the music are starting to just get lazy and they slur notes and stuff and it just gets worse and worse and then willie just falls in the middle of the hallway and it's it's like that's like the bottom and then he gets better from there uh, later on, we see Willie is just going to commit suicide. He is in the car, and he's got a tube venting all of the exhaust fumes back into the car. And the kid comes in. Uh, around this point, you learn that the kid's name is Thurman. <laughs> uh, his name is, name is Thurman Merman, is his name. And instantly, Willie realizes why he gets bullied so much. Uh, there's other points of reasons why, because he looks like he can't fight, which is what bullies look for. But his name is Thurman Merman. That's that's an ass whooping on sight, honestly, mm-hmm. for bullies, you know. So he is talking to Thurman because Thurman's like, "Hey, what you doing, Santa?" He's like, "Hey, I'm I'm having a meeting over here. Just stay over there. Uh, hey, take this note to the cops. Uh, when they come to uh, scrape my body up, <laughs> make sure the cops get this note." And Thurman's like, "Hey, what's in the note?" And he's like, hey, "It just talks about all the bad things I did." It just I just need to do that to clear my conscience. Conscience. Step one of him getting better. He realizes that he should be better. And I was like, oh shit, okay, it's starting to happen. So he looks at Thurman and he sees that the kid has a black eye. And he instantly gives up on killing himself. 
and he goes out and fucks up the skateboarders. Now, Katie, what do you think the oldest age of these skateboarders were? Um, probably fourteen. No, that uh, that oldest kid was probably like sixteen. He was tall as shit. Yeah, it's it's hard because based on the way that today's kids look and dress, um, you could assume that the kids in this movie are like ten or twelve. <laughs> like they look so little. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, remembering back into all the way way back to. 2020 or 2003 god i keep fucking doing that (laughs) all the way back to 2003 like we dressed like kids even when we were like close to adulthood so i would say that that kid's probably in high school the other kids below him probably not but he was probably like a freshman or sophomore in high school yeah and the other and the other kids were probably a little younger not by much though those were probably at least middle schoolers if not young high schoolers yeah so it don't fucking matter what age they are, because Willie beats the fuck. shit out of these kids. He well, just the the leader, the tallest one, because he realizes if you beat the biggest one up, the other ones are like, oh shit, he he beat the cool kid up. I'm leaving, and he tells Thurman that like, hey man, you need to like stand up for yourself, dude. Like, get get mad. You gotta fight. And we get this scene, and the scene don't even really connect to anything, but it's. Willie, Marcus, and Thurman at a boxing gym, and Willie has Marcus beat up or try to punch Thurman with boxing gloves on, and Marcus says, hey man, you really gotta fight back, and Thurman does a yell to like, I don't know, get hyped up, and kicks Marcus straight up in the balls, and Marcus goes down, (laughs) and so Marcus like, kind of crawls over to Thurman and punches him in the balls and then punches Willie in the balls. So all three of them are down. Cause like, you motherfucker, I didn't want to do this. Ball punch. And so they're all down. And then <laughs> Marcus gets hit in the balls again and he just goes over like he's a bowling pin. And he was like, oh my God, my balls. And so they're all just laying in the middle of this ring. It's one of the best scenes in this movie because they're trying to make this kid's life a little bit better. So, Marcus and his wife Lois are a little mad because because of Jen because he's blackmailing them. They don't want to give more money to people that didn't work on this, so they set up a trap. So Jen is driving, I guess, home from the mall, and Marcus is in the middle of the road with a light, and he's like, "Hey, I need a jump for my for the van," and Jen's like, "Okay, I'll help you," and he's like, "Motherfucker, I can't reach. You got to do this for me," and so Jen. Puts the jumper cables onto the car, and Lois turns the car on and crushes him in between the vehicles. I was like, damn, that's sneaky as shit. (laughs) So, Willie and Thurman, they're actually celebrating Christmas with Sue, his kind of girlfriend, at the crazy grandma's home. They're actually putting up decorations and doing, like, popcorn string Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. It's actually pretty sweet. And like I said, Willie is starting to break down. It's happening. So, on Christmas Eve, Willie, Marcus, and Lois, they, well, Marcus is just in the mall. He's hiding in the vents, and he falls through and gets to the alarm and turns it off. The same way everything else works. Willie realizes that the safe is this fancy safe that can't be cracked, but he tries, he actually tries, and he gets it open. The money is there! And so, he tells Marcus, hey, before we leave, I gotta grab something real quick. And he runs off to grab a pink stuffed elephant that Thurman wanted for Christmas. He said purple, 
And then he went back to pink. No, he said pink, and then he went to purple. Yeah. And, and then Willie's Willie like, grabbed which, the pink one Willie's instead like, of the color, purple one because he wasn't color listening. Did he say? <laughs> just more proof that he wasn't listening. A kind of listen is better than before, you know? Yeah. And so we realize after Willie hears a gun get cocked right behind him that Marcus in- intends to kill Willie. And he's like, I'm not sharing money with nobody, and I'll just find another safe cracker next year. Sorry, Willie, you're about to die. And fortunately for Willie, the cops pop out because they were tipped off because of Willie's letter. Thurman gave the letter to the cops. Uh, He wasn't supposed to, but good thing he fucking did. Marcus and his wife scoot off and Willie runs away and he is super determined to give Thurman his present because he realizes he's going to prison or going to jail. He's, He's not getting out of this. So... He leads the police on a chase to Thurman's house, and they hop out of the car, and they tell him to freeze. Now, depending uh, sometimes on your skin color, but uh, Willie got treated like he was not a white man. Uh, They told him to freeze, and Willie ran off, and he got eight bullets in his body. It's funny, kids across the street come outside because there's a lot of noise, and they get to see Santa Claus get lit the fuck up by the police, the Phoenix police. And the kids are like, no! And it made me laugh, because I'm like, that had to be the most terrible thing for a kid to see. Uh, He makes it, he crawls to Thurman's porch, and it looks like he dies. And I remember the first time I watched this movie, I was like, fuck, he he was trying his best at the end, and he died. I'm like, that's poetic, honestly. But, no! Willie did not die. He's recovering in a hospital. So, Willie realizes that the letter that Thurman sent to the cops, it cleared him of the robbery and the fact that he didn't have a gun on him and like four or five cops lit the fuck out of Santa in front of everybody is kind of embarrassing. So the cops are going to let him go. (laughs) So Sue, Willie's girlfriend, got guardianship over Thurman because the grandma is just there. She's really not meant to take care of anybody. And Whenever the dad gets out of jail or prison, he'll come back. Hooray! Marcus and Lois are in prison. Hooray! And Willie, he finally tells Thurman, Hey, I'll be out of the hospital soon. And, hey buddy, make sure you make some sandwiches for me when I get back. So, Thurman goes outside. He's getting his bike ready to ride. And we see that the skateboard bully, the big one, pops up and he's like, Hey... Yeah, your friend's, friend isn't here to protect you. And Thurman walks up to him and kicks him in the balls hard as shit and rides off on his bike and gives the bully the finger. So Thurman, he he can fight now. And I was like, hooray. I mean, he can kick people in the balls. So that's... <laughs> and it's better than just sitting there and taking punches. So, <laughs> And that is Bad Santa. So Katie, who was your favorite character in Bad Santa? Thurman Merman. <laughs> that fucking name, man. That kid was the only redeeming quality, the only Christmas-like quality of this whole goddamn movie. Um, he was the only person who wasn't an absolute piece of shit. Well, that's not true. He was the only one who didn't have any piece of shit in him. Like, he was yeah. just the purest soul no of all of them. He had no plan or anything. He's just a yeah. little cute kid. Yeah. Um, he was my favorite. He's the one who, you know, gets... Billy Bob Thornton to stop his piece of shit ways at least a little bit. Um, he is definitely the best character in this movie. I'm going with Willie. And I know that's 
a bit rough for people. <laughs> Not just Katie, but people everywhere. And they're like, Willie's bad. I'm like, yeah, he is, but that's the whole purpose of the movie. Willie, it takes a while, but we see his progression from an absolute monster to being an okay piece of shit. Uh, he does care about Thurman a lot. He doesn't have kids, and so this is the closest thing he'll ever get to a child. And Sue is the closest thing he'll ever get to a, actually a functional girlfriend. So he got a family in this movie. He never had a family, or he never had a family he really cared about. He was married twice, I think he says. But his family, growing up, he said was terrible. His dad was abusive and didn't teach him anything. He taught him one thing, how to open safes, and that's it. So, seeing Willie actually get a family and learn to care was really cool. Now, he is not a good person in this movie, but it's just the journey. It was really fun. Every time I watch this movie, yeah, Thurman is like a close, a close second to being my favorite character, just like Marcus. But I always love the buildup of Willie turning into a person that's like, he's kind of a human. And it's really fun. So, Getty, who's your least favorite character and why is it willie <laughs> <laughs> um well you explained the movie so those are all the reasons that it's willie <laughs> this guy was the fucking worst and i understand that uh alcoholism is a disease and it's rough and it like ruins people i get that um, but outside of the alcoholism, like, he also had a, like, a sex addition, addiction. Yeah. And just was overall an asshole of a dude. Like, on top of the alcoholism. Like, and you know alcohol is playing into that, of course. But he was just mean. And nothing pleasant came out of his mouth until no. an hour and a half into this 92-minute long movie. Like... <laughs> like the dude was just atrocious and gross there's no other way to describe it he was just gross and every time he spoke to any female character in this movie it was gross anytime he spoke to thurman except for the end of it he was just awful and it's like Okay, alcoholism aside, like, the kid's still, what, like, eight? I guess, like, yeah, something like that. The kid's small, like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. If I had been around this person, if I was in the neighborhood or part of, you know, in this family with Thurman, like, I would have fucking murdered the dude. <laughs> like, forget that, like, nobody talks to kids like that. It's just not okay. And I know that it happens in the real world and it sucks. Um... But it shouldn't. So. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Fuck that guy. My, it's tough. If we're doing the least favorite character or thing in this movie, I'm going with the fact that we didn't get more John Ritter in this movie. There's a point where he does not show up anymore, and I'm like, but he would pop up again. Like that's he a, should have. But I, I'm almost positive that's where he died. Yeah. So, it, it, like I said, every scene with, with John Renner was amazing, hilarious. He just, him repeating gross things that he heard is fucking funny. It, I, I miss that guy a lot. John Renner is hilarious. So. Same with Bernie Mac. Yeah. Oh, man. It always sucks to see them in movies. I'm like, fuck, we're never going to get nothing new with you. 
you know, on the plus side, we don't ever have to see Bernie Mac eating an orange again, though. Yeah, you're right. That was a lot. That was disturbing. Yeah, that was Who a lot. Who eats oranges like that? Uh, Bernie Mac. Fucking weird. <laughs> That's it. It was fucking weird. So, let's do seven word synopsis. I have one, and it's my favorite line. Willie has low blood sugar. Best excuse. <laughs> why did he say something about titties? He's got low blood sugar, y'all. Just that, That's why. That's why. Don't, don't mind him. Yeah, that's an excuse you cannot get away with anymore. Like, in the early 2000s, nobody had handheld internet on them all the time. Like, yeah, yeah, you can check. Being an asshole is not a symptom of fucking diabetes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's not part of it. So. Odin was just talking shit. Oh, he's got a little blood sugar. He's got a little oh, blood okay. sugar. Don't mind him. Oh, okay. So he, no. just, he just curses? <laughs> Everyone else pulls out their fucking smartphone and is like, that's bullshit. <laughs> I don't talk like that. <laughs> My blood yeah. sugar's low. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I also only have one, and it's an actual synopsis this time, which Hooray. is rare for me ever. Um, depression and genera- generational trauma makes awful Santa. Absolutely. He's bad. Yeah. And he talks about, throughout this movie, when he's talking to Thurman, he mentions about, like, not ever getting any love from his father. And, like, his dad being a drunk and just, like, beating up on him and all these different things. And, like, that fucking sucks. It does. But just because your parents did that to you doesn't mean that you get to continue doing that to other people. Absolutely. I think he learns that at the end. He's like, it, I really yeah. shouldn't be yelling at this kid or doing stuff. I should try to actually work with this kid and cook some him some food, you yeah. know, not his crazy I mean, and I, think, and I think that's also a, a generational thing. I think a lot of people... So, like, Billy Bob Thornton is, what, in his late 50s, early 60s, something point, like yeah. that? Um, so he's very like he's a boomer or like a really really old like end of gen like beginning of gen x like when it started um and the people that he was raised by like where his parents would have been coming from would have very much been this like shut up or i'm gonna make you shut up like we're just gonna hit our kids and it doesn't fucking matter um and i think a lot of people came out of that there was two there's only two rules of thought that you can come out of that with. It's either, oh, my parents did this, so I'm also going to do this. Yeah. Or my parents did this, and I'm never going back. I would never, ever put anyone through the shit that I've been through. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, Willie ended up being the first part um, and just giving in to whatever bullshit his dad had put him through and was, decided that it was going to be okay to do. Yeah, so. I, I think at a point, it wasn't even that he was... He thought it was okay. It's just, I don't know, maybe he thought that's just how it is. And maybe he didn't accept it. It's just like, my dad was like this. Yeah. It's just how it is, you know? Yeah. Like I said, generational trauma, man. That shit sucks. Gotta work through it. <laughs> yeah. So, this film came out November 26th, before Christmas, before December. That's how you do it. Right after Thanksgiving. This yep. is a Thanksgiving movie, which is exactly, or a Black Friday movie, which is exactly what Perfect. it should be. Perfect time for a Christmas movie. So what do you think the budget was, Katie? I took a guess and said $10 million only because all the people in this movie were relatively famous at the time that this movie came out. So Billy Bob Thornton alone would have been pretty expensive. Yeah. So not bad, but double it. So the budget was $23 million. 
So you were kind of on the right point. It's not the many different scenes. It's it's just all the people in it. There were a lot of famous people in this mm-hmm. movie. So you got to pay people. So what do you think the box office was? I said $50 million. $76 million. Uh, It did great. Uh, oh, not as good as I thought it did. Yeah. <laughs> I said $5 million, or five times what the budget was and only yeah. made three times the budget so okay still good but. for what it was a very very gross movie rated r for a shit. comedy yeah yeah for comedy it did great it did yeah. absolutely great oh, everyone yeah. everyone loved this movie it was it was fun you know it, it was a mess <laughs> oh shit that's so cool i just read that mickey rooney uh he was a actor producer entertainer way back in the day he auditioned for the role of marcus now, watching Mickey Rooney curse at Billy Bob Thornton would have been fucking hilarious. Uh, but no. Uh, Tony Co- Tony Cox, amazing. I, I like Mickey Rooney a lot. And also, like, it's 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 tricky because of the time that when Mickey Rooney was in Hollywood. Because uh, he did a lot of questionable shit. Oh, yeah. Uh, not on purpose, necessarily. But he got cast in a lot of spaces that... Should not have been given to Mickey Rooney. Like, there are several roles that he did where he was, like, a Chinese man. And he had, like, a Fu Manchu. And, like, they taped his eyes. And it was just, like, awful. Horrific. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, Horrific. But Mickey Rooney also did a lot of really good things. Like, later (laughs) when it wasn't, like, when he wasn't doing the weird, like, racist caricature characters... He did do a lot of really good stuff, like being the dad from the original Pete's Dragon. Holy shit, that's cool. Yeah. I like Pete's Dragon. Yeah, the so, original one. The Coen brothers, they were executive producers and helped write this movie. That's why, that's probably why I really like this movie, because the Coen brothers make good fucking movies. Oh, brother, where art thou? Raising Arizona. Good movies. But they actually tailored the roles to specific actors. So Willie was supposed to be James Gandolfini. From The Sopranos. I could see that. It had been hilarious. And then Danny... Uh, he doesn't have the comedic chops. Yeah, that's the only problem. Think. He would be dark. He'd he'd be dark, for sure. That's the only but problem. Not, he doesn't have the chops. Funny. Yeah. Danny Woodburn. So, one movie that Danny Woodburn was in was Bordello of Blood. He was a small guy that helped he that vampire wake up. Oh, yeah. He did a ton of movies. And then Angus T. Jones was going to be Thurman Merman. You may remember him as Jake from Two and a Half Men. Uh, he would have been, yeah, been perfect. He was a good kid actor. So, Bill Murray, Jack Nicholson, and Robert De Niro were also considered for the role of Willie. Now, Robert De Niro would have been fucking magical. Robert De Niro has played several characters similar to this, like grumpy and awful and just yeah. terrible at the beginning. Uh and then good at the end. Same with Jack Nicholson. Oh, Jack Nicholson would have been good, too. I think Bill Murray would have been hard because he's too funny and not, I don't know, not serious, gross enough, like, yeah. to play the beginning part. Like, to play Willie at the beginning, like, the drunk, like, it'd be too funny. Yeah. And it would turn into too comedic and not as sad and depressing as Willie's life was. Oh, yeah. Or is. But no, I, I, I'm i just trying to picture, I need a what-if machine, the other, you know, universes, realities that have Robert De Niro as Willie. I wonder how the movie looked <laughs> and went. And, you know, the other versions of us that are like, Robert De Niro did a great job in this movie. <laughs> okay, so 
This movie was like the only movie that came out that week that I've heard of. Yeah, I was going to say, um, <laughs> what came out around the time of Bad so, Santa? So, the week before this movie came out, um, The Cat in the Hat. Oh, yeah. Uh, live yeah. action and Gothica with Halle Berry. Oh, man, that movie's a came mess. Came out. Um, and those are the only ones I recognized from the week before. Uh, Looney Tunes back in action. Oh, that was a bad two movie. Two weeks before, and Master and Commander. Oh, that wasn't good either. Master and Commander's good. How dare you? <laughs> Master and Commander made a lot of money. Yeah, I know. That was a good movie. Oh, there's there's the movie right there. Elf. The same year? Three weeks before. Oh, yeah. Elf ate this movie up. Yeah. And Elf continued to dominate through all of November and most of December. Elf fucking dominated and love actually oh yeah mm. Mm. oh two christmas classes. it's funny you say that because oh there was some character from elf it also competed with haunted mansion that came out the same day oh lordy the eddie murphy <laughs> haunted mansion not john favreau somebody in elf was supposed to be in bad santa but couldn't do it because they did bad santa i want to say couldn't wait somebody from the movie Elf was going to be oh. a bad Santa, but they did Elf. They chose to do Elf because it was they were probably making these movies at the same time. James Caan, probably. Yeah. Well, maybe if he was considered for the bad Santa role. Or the the manager of the mall or something. Actually, like something. it might have been Peter Dinklage. Oh, shit, I forgot but, he was in But that. Peter Dinklage is, and has been for a while, like opposed to roles that are exclusively written for little people. Yeah. Because he doesn't like the kind of caricature that goes along with people with dwarfism. Yeah, I feel him And I get that, but, you know. He still would have been great at it, but I feel it. Oh, yeah, he would have been great. Actually, honestly, I could see Peter Dinklage acting the shit out of the role of Bad Santa. Like, if people were accepting of a little person as Bad Santa. Like, I could totally see him being this, like, grumpy drunk who, like, grows a heart at the end. He'd be great. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so uh, at some point, well, in 2015, <laughs> Bad Santa 2 was announced that it was going to be released in 2016, November 23rd. So we'll see how that movie goes. I've heard it's not as good, but, you know, every sequel that takes so many years to come out, it's usually not as good. Yeah. But we'll see the continuing adventures of Willie and Marcus and Lois. They come back because, obviously... They're funny together, so you gotta force them to be together again. So, Katie, do you have anything else to say before we get out of here about Bad Santa? Like I said at the beginning, this movie's really rough through 2023 eyes, and I'm curious to see the second one, to see it, like, how they changed the character and kind of the way that they speak to each other. In the movie in 2015. Oh, they're for sure. That's a big gap. Clean up alone. The 12 years between 2003 and 2015, that's a big gap in how we talk to each other, the vernacular of just Americans. Like, I could see. I'm curious. Yeah. So, I forgot to bring this up earlier, but I'll do it now. Uh, What did you think about the, the Christmassy feel of this movie? Like, the music or just the, the setting of it? Like, what did you think? Christmassy wise about it. Um, 
I cannot remember. Claire de Lune played at the beginning and the end. Oh, oh, the music was fucking great. It was pretty solid music the, in it. The soundtrack um, as a whole was just fucking, like, chef's kiss. Yeah, it was, was pretty fun. It was excellent. Very well timed with all of the, um, like, tra- quote unquote traditional Christmas music that they sprinkled in. Um, it was excellent. Um,. But Christmas feels, I don't know, like it took way too long for the character to kind of become any type of semblance of nice. And, yeah, I think most of it comes from the kid. And he's great. Absolutely excellent. There was a bunch of moments throughout the movie where, like, the kid would get picked on and it would just, like, it was soul-crushing to watch that sweet kid, like, go through it. Um, But... I don't think as a whole it gave you the like that warm feeling that Christmas movies are supposed to be giving you. It was a bit different, like Katie said. Uh, she she hit it just right. It's a bit different, but I I felt some Christmassy feels because it it reminded me of like a uh, what a Christmas Carol, like a really shitty person just gets better. There was hints of it, and like I said, this really curmudgeon person was trying so there was some improvement there so i enjoyed it this movie music wise was pretty solid and i think with christmas movies there's like a prerequisite of like we need to have this song and this song but claire de lune i like that it started with that song and it ended with that song uh, for better or worse because willie was like oh shit i'm about to get fucking killed by the cops to the song <laughs> at the beginning, he was just like drunk, just being terrible. So, um, but I, I like this movie. So, so if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions on what we should watch next, you can hit us up on Twitter at Allentown Pod, on Facebook at Allentown Presents, or send us an email at AllentownPresents at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening to the first episode of our fifth Christmas movie countdown. We will be back again tomorrow with another episode. And we can't wait to see you then. Bye. See you guys.